Welcome to E429, where your campus-related questions find campus-related answers. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. I'm Deanie Hutchinson. I'm Carrie Ann Fraser. Welcome. This week on our third episode of our podcast, we wanted to address some more serious issues going on on our campus. Um, Moving away from fashion and relationships, we wanted to touch on something that's hit closer to home in our church community. little girl who has been ripped away from her only family that she's ever known. Her name is Lexi. The first year of her life, she moved from foster placement to foster placement. And so far, Lexi has been with a loving, stable family for nearly five years and is thriving and she's a happy, healthy little girl. To Lexi, this family is her everything, her mommy, daddy, brother, and sisters. Unfortunately, since Lexi is 1.5% Choctaw, the state of California and the LA County have allowed the Indian Child Welfare Act to devastate this family, and they've pulled Lexi from her mom and dad on Monday, March 21st, and they moved her to Utah to live with a non-blood-related family who aren't even members of the tribe. This has been One of the most devastating things I think I've ever witnessed firsthand, having been there on Monday when Lexi was taken from her family. And most of the student body is aware of this tragedy. And a lot of students have been going and helping out and um, being involved with the protests that this family has been encouraging. During spring break, I was uh, back at New Jersey when um, most of this went down, when the petition started. And I... To be honest, I was very confused. I didn't really understand why everyone was making um, a big deal about it. I mean, the situation, let alone, is it's, it's a heavy topic. But I didn't know why everyone at Masters was talking about it. Mm-hmm. But then when I came back, I found out that um, the parents are alumni mm-hmm. of the Masters College. Mm-hmm. And then hearing more of the details about her being in foster care and being such a small percentage of being mm-hmm. Indian and then her being ripped away, like I, I immediately got goosebumps. Yeah. And when I heard the complete story, I I couldn't really understand why they would do such a thing, mm-hmm. you know? And some people, I, I spoke to a lot of people and I have this one friend who um, she was adopted and I asked her how she, would, how she felt about it. Mm-hmm. And she just couldn't believe why would the government rip mm-hmm. such a young child away from a family that she's been with for so long. And I know that the foster care, it's kind of complicated because you're not promised a child when you're given a a foster child, but it's just, I think it was just shady how Mm -hmm. Friday as like the the court is closing Mm -hmm. and then they present this so that they can't even fight for it during the weekend. Mm -hmm. Like that's so shady. Yeah. And that's cold and yeah. I like talking about it. I'm getting goosebumps. And the Indian Child Welfare Act wasn't, I've been reading a lot of articles on it and watching a lot of interviews with the news and whatnot. And the act was not created for this purpose. The original intent of the act was genuine. And I agree with the intent of the original act. And they wanted to, if there are children in the foster system who aren't in a good situation, mm-hmm. who are just living with the government for them to be placed with a family that could potentially be their home and be their family that loves them that's noble, that's honorable, and I appreciate our government for making that move. But now, because that has become a law, um, 
it's changing the way that families live and it's taking people who are already loved in a mm-hmm. foster care family that is stable and healthy and loving and a family that's pursuing the Lord and is teaching her the gospel mm-hmm. for this law to take a little girl who loves her family and loves where she's being placed. And the pages have been fighting to adopt Lexi ever since they first started fostering her. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So the fact that the law is now ripping children away from homes that love them, that's not the original intent of the law. And I think that's what the Page family is trying to appeal and is trying to let the world know that this isn't what was meant to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, The law itself, in and of itself, isn't bad, and it's good, and the foster care system was intended to help kids, Mm -hmm. but because we live in a fallen world, everything's gone askew, and the government has taken leaps that it shouldn't, and so it's hard for us in this day and age to understand those things Mm -hmm. because it's not the way it's supposed to be. When this happened on Monday, I wasn't there when it happened, but I know Carrie Ann was there, but... I was sitting in the library and someone shared the link to live footage of her being Mm -hmm. taken away. And when I saw it, it was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. You can't help but just ask your Lord, like, why? Why this family? And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm getting a little emotional talking about it. But just seeing her brothers and sisters scream and fight Mm -hmm. for her and those poor kids they don't even know what's happening yeah the family wasn't allowed to tell their children until the moment they came to the door so this whole time um with the news and everything outside the parents would just go out for a walk and would cry and talk Mm -hmm. to the news and then come back in and have to be totally composed for their kids because Mm -hmm. none of them knew what was going on and um i actually got some audio from the day that she was taken and we're going to play that for you guys every single thought father please comfort your people we need you we need you to be the god of all comfort that comforts even those that are broken in heart we know that you bless the brokenhearted we know that you are near to those that are contrite in heart and therefore comfort your people grant us a vision lord of what it is that you are doing we do not understand we are children at your feet begging for understanding from you our father Let Christ reign supreme. Let Jesus be the one that receives all honor and glory, even through our tears. And let this be remembered, Lord, as a day not where the battle is ended, but where we ask this in Christ's name. I got to tell you, Dini, standing there at that moment when I saw Mr. Page take Lexi in his arms and place her in that car and hearing all the screams and the yelling and the crying all around me there was a split second where I asked if the Lord is good Mm. and how can the Lord be good if this is happening Um, and that I'm sure has gone through everyone's head and especially Rusty and Summers and um, just how can we how can we believe that God is good in these moments but I think even just standing there, the moment she was taken, the door closed and everyone in the crowd started singing It Is Well. Mm. And at that moment, I realized I have to, we have to believe in a good God mm-hmm. because if we don't, then there's no point in living. There's no point in fighting. There's no point in trying to understand these situations. And I don't know how you could cope with a situation like this if God wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And so now's not the time to give up on that. But it was a pretty crazy moment to be standing around, but it was also really cool to feel the body of Christ come around in that moment. We all huddled around the family Mm -hmm. and just prayed and cried. And, um, it was just a really sweet time to give it to the Lord. And then actually while we were standing there, the mayor of Santa Clarita came up to us and 
he was outraged, and this is what he said in an exclusive interview with the mayor. I didn't come here for the press. I came here for the family. And as I look at what's going on here, I'm just heartsick for this family and this child. And it's my intent, and it's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to head back to my office. I'm going to get busy, and I'm going to call the county. I'm going to Good. call the supervisor. Good. I'm going to call our state assemblyman, our state senator. Good. And we've got to do what's right for this child oh, and this absolutely. family. And this isn't it. No, this is not right. This is wrong. And there's a spirit of the law, and there's a letter of the law. Oh, absolutely. And something that every once in a while has to prevail, and it's called the spirit. And we're not following I, the spirit. I understand that. So. That that law back in the 70s, I was not for this. Absolutely not. And, uh, <sighs> makes me so angry. Anyway, like I say, what an absolutely unbelievable circumstance. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we worked really hard to keep this as uh, peaceful and and respectful as and we possibly could. we have could. to keep it that way. Yeah, but uh, that, that's the intent, of course. I'm And for this community and this neighborhood and these, God bless these people for coming out and supporting this family. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you That's, I think that's incredible how the mayor is taking a step of action and trying to do something mm -hmm. about that. But later on in our episode, we'll talk about how we can continue to trust in the Lord and how sovereign he is, even the living in a fallen world, you know? Because mm -hmm. it's it's hard to really think, why is this happening to me? You're mm -hmm. constantly thinking, okay, why me? Why me, Lord? But like I said, God is sovereign and there's always a purpose in his actions. And I mean, I give the Page family so much credit for being able to continue to fight on mm -hmm. because I know if I were in that situation, I wouldn't know what to do. I would just sit there and just give up. I'd just say, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, what's done is done. But for them to keep fighting and protesting mm -hmm. and doing interviews and w willing to just open up about their personal life so mm -hmm. much. I give them a lot of credit for that. And it's really cool too because the Page family throughout this whole time has been an incredible testimony. Mm -hmm. And I think that if nothing else, that is good that's coming from this situation because there were nine news channels there on Monday, mm -hmm. ABC, Fox, Esperanza, or whatever that one is, the Hispanic <laughs> one. That's a church. Esperanza is a church. But the Hispanic channel, Telemundo, um, right. ABC7, um, channel two, they were all there and interviewing and asking questions. And, and yet our response through it all was always the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. The Lord is sovereign. There was prayer. There was lifting up of the Lord. The page family has never given up on that because the world is watching now yeah. and the cameras are pointed on the church and on believers. And it's our opportunity to say, you know what, this is a horrible situation and it shouldn't be this way, but our God is who mm -hmm. he is. And we have to continue to trust him because of that. And so it's going to be really neat to see the fruit that the Lord brings from this. Mm -hmm. um, because even in all the protests and even the other day when they were um, out in front of um, the sheriff's station, um, these are all peaceful protests. There's mm -hmm. no anger. There's no frustration. I mean, we're sad and our hearts are broken. And But this is just raising awareness because this happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And Lexi's not the only little girl who's been taken from her family and um, not the, they're not the only family that has been impacted by this, but the Lord has chosen this family because of their faith right. and because it's an opportunity for them to show the world who our God is through his people. Right. And just slightly, very, very slightly uh, sidetracking. This reminds me of a story my friend told me about this girl that she knew. She got into an accident and she had really, really horrible headaches. Mm -hmm. And um, she asked her, she says, how are you coping through this? How do you see the Lord 
um, bringing fruit out of such a horrible situation. And she says, if me getting headaches every day will leave one person to get saved, Mm -hmm. then the headaches are all worth it. Amen. And this reminds me of this situation where such a horrible situation has happened, but because of this, there's so many opportunities for people to understand the gospel by Mm -hmm. watching all these news channels, all these articles and seeing, okay, why does this family have so much faith? Right. And what a wonderful opportunity Mm -hmm. to spread the gospel and good can come out of evil. And I just only hope that Lexi can go back with her family. Yeah. If you guys want to support the Page family, there are a couple ways that you can do that. First of all, you can go to LexiPetition.com and sign the petition. Share it with all of your friends so that everybody can... We have people from all over the world, people from Australia, people from the UK, um, who are sharing this petition and trying to get the word out to our government. Um, if you want to get your facts right, get to SaveOurLexi.com slash informed. Um, if you want to contribute to help the Page family pay for their legal funds, you can go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Save Our Lexi and ultimately continue to be Lexi's voice. Continue to share, um, comment, uh, whatever you can do on social media and um, be updated on what this family is doing. And most importantly, the thing we can do is pray. Pray for the family. Pray for the family in Utah. Pray that um, they would be able to provide for Lexi, that they would um, be a loving home for her, and pray that Lexi would remember the gospel truths she knows. Um, Help her to remember the verses and the hymns that she knows, and um, pray for the government, that they would make wise decisions that honor the Lord. Mm, Amen. Master's College is full of amazing professors who come from all over the world. And in this episode, I am here in Dr. William Varner's office in the Bible department. Thanks for being on our show, Dr. Varner. Happy to do this. (laughs) I kind of threw this on him last minute, so he's been very gracious letting me come in here and talk to him. So, um, Dr. Varner, tell us one thing about yourself that you want people to know. Okay. I'm um, uh, bald. Uh, I'm good-looking. No, I can, can do more than one. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm bald, I'm good-looking, and I'm humble. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you believe that, then uh, you're wrong. No. Um, I'm just, as they say in the South, just a sinner saved by grace. And um, I'm profoundly grateful that the Lord has allowed me to do the things that I have been allowed to do, and I can't get over that. So just the opposite of what uh, I introduce that. I am still bald, (laughs) but I am very grateful that God took a country boy from South Carolina and given me all these great opportunities. And he also hates the IBEX program. Yes. Uh, Please, if you can do anything but go to IBEX, I would advise you to do... Of course not. Uh, I, um, I'm known for saying uh, that the question, and uh, the eternal question in life is not if you go to Ibex, but when you go to Ibex. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's the second thing you need to know about me is I want everybody to experience Israel firsthand. Amen. As a alum of the Ibex program, I would heartily agree with that. All right. So this week we have been addressing some pretty tough issues of how do we respond to God when things don't go our way. And so I asked Dr. Varner, 
what are some insights from the Old Testament that can remind us of who our God is in the midst of difficult trials around us? Well, we faced a really difficult trial with the loss of our daughter, and some Old Testament texts really encouraged me. I think of Job, who lost everything, including a daughter, among others, as well as sons. And um, he didn't lose his faith, even though his spouse maybe encouraged him just to give up. He said, uh, I came naked out of the mother's womb, and I will return to uh, earth naked. Uh, 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 the Lord is given the Lord is taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I, I think I've learned from that that everything is a gift. Mm-hmm. All of life is a gift, and all the things I have are gifts. And since they're gifts, I don't sit heavily on them uh, and and hold them tightly. Um, they're gifts. I didn't earn them, didn't deserve them. They're given to me. So if I lose them, uh, as much as I miss them... Um, my life is not going to come crashing down because everything is a gift. And we had that precious daughter for 26 years. And I've got to look not at the um, 11 years now that I haven't had her. I've got to look at the 26 years that I had her. She was a gift. And so Job's statement in that regard has helped me. And, and um, seeing all of life as a gift and the individual gifts in that, being thankful for them, um, but knowing that if it's a gift, I wasn't responsible for it, mm. so I may have to give it back someday. Mm. I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, how long would you say it took you to get to that point where you were able to say that? Very interesting question because uh, she died July 4th, 2005. And it was a few months before I could speak publicly, preach, as I so often do. I did get back to teaching in September, but I was asked to speak in chapel, and I think that was a turning point. It was December 2005. She died in July 2005, so roughly six months. Uh, I said, I'm, I'm now ready to talk about it. So I gave that message in chapel in December 2005. And I guess that was sort of like the turning point. Um, did life change after six months? Did I automatically feel joyful and happy that I lost my daughter? No, no. Uh, but I could deal with it and I could talk to others about it. Maybe that's what it was. Now I can speak publicly about it. About six months. Was there a hymn specifically that you thought of? Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. And of course, as many of my listeners will know, that great is your faithfulness is really taken from Scripture, from Lamentations 3. So that Lamentations 3 passage, where Jeremiah, having lost so much, said, great is your faithfulness, um, that has meant much to me through this trial and the many trials of life. Thank you, Dr. Verner. You're welcome. Um, So our typical question that we ask all of our professors is, what is a piece of life advice you would give to TMC students? TMC students, don't think you have to graduate in two and a half years and speed this process up. I know there are financial issues. I know that you want to save money. I know that you want to get out and get married. I know you want to get on with your graduate program. I know that. But this is a time when you can concentrate 
on things that you won't be able to concentrate on. So if you can stretch that two and a half years to the normal four and your family can afford it, do it. You're going to say goodbye to some of these friends after two and a half, three years. Maybe spend another year with them and spread your program through to four years. I don't think you'll regret it in the long run. Bite the bullet, sell your shoes, tell mom <laughs> to sell her shoes, and pay the tuition for, if possible, for, for four years. Don't rush this process. Uh, savor it. Enjoy it. Enjoy your friends. Learn as much as you can in this environment. You're going out into a nasty, nasty world that's a lot nastier than the Master's College. So spend your time here and enjoy it. And I have one final question that I'm going to throw at you, but I know that you can handle it. Um, can you give us three reason, reasons why students should come see Fiddler on the Roof this weekend and next weekend? Number one, Fiddler on the Roof is a lens through which you can view all of life. This poor man and his family really d deals with a lot of issues that everybody deals with. Mm -hmm. I don't understand you, God. I don't understand what you're doing. That's very honest talk. But the psalmist and Christians, if they're honest, don't always understand God. Uh, Tevye was not a man who argued from lack of faith. Because he was a man of faith and believed in God, he wanted to understand uh, God better. Uh, that, I think, is, is really deep and, and heavy stuff mm -hmm. in a presented in a light-hearted, fun way, but it deals very seriously with some issues. And also, just understanding Jewish culture and customs really, I think, is very helpful in filling out your education and uh, understanding a different look on the Bible uh, than we Christians have that can be helpful. So those are a couple of reasons. And also, it's just a lot of fun. It, it, it's, it's the type of experience where you'll be crying and then you'll be laughing, and then you'll be crying, and then you'll be <laughs> laughing. And what kind of a play can do that for you? I agree. Our motto this semester has been a smile behind every tear. And we've been enjoying putting it together. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Varner. Thank you for allowing me to be part of this. Thanks for taking your time. And I mean what I say about Fiddler. get a little rough in the mix of everything going on with school, relationships, work, and just life in general, it's important to just take a moment. This week on the Need of the Moment, we're going to highlight two chapel messages that really complement each other, and we found a lot of parallels between the two of them in light of what's been going on with the Page family. The first message we're going to talk about is Paul Washer's message, and this was before the whole Lexi thing happened. and. How about I just play some audio so you guys can hear it? Seeking him in his word, seeking him in prayer. I must have you. I must know you. You must change me. You must fill me. You must empower me or I die. Food I hate. Water I know not longer, any longer need. Give me you. I must have you. I must be better. I must be different. I must be changed. Make me useful or kill me. So Paul Washer, in his message, was talking about how as disciples of the Lord, we are salt of the earth. And salt is meant to be um, a sweet or 
kind of just to add flavor and mm-hmm. to enhance enhance the world around us. And this example with the Page family, they have been called to be the salt of the earth, mm-hmm. even in the midst of this trial. And he also brought up how we are to be the salt of the earth because it's not something that we have in and of ourselves. And so he brought up Jesus' message from the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, which um, we're reading from Matthew 5, verses 3 to 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is a great encouragement to believers as our Lord um, really shows his own character in this moment and calls us to rely upon his strength in times of trial and when the world is looking at us, like the world is looking at the Page family, this is an opportunity for them to see peace and comfort and joy that comes from Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think verse 10 accurately depicts what the Pages are doing, saying, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Fruit is coming out of their suffering. Mm-hmm. And they're being excellent examples of what it's like to be salt on the earth. But Monday, we came back from spring break, which was Palm Monday. Harry Walls briefly brought up the Page family. And what was he talking about during the message? Um, He was talking about Jesus's triumphal entry, um, but he kind of came at it from a different angle than we normally hear of. And he was talking about how when Jesus came into Jerusalem on that Palm Monday, the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, our king is here. He's come. And in their minds, they're thinking, great, he's going to come and he's going to destroy the Romans and he's going to take over the government and he's going to liberate us and we're going to be free from the persecution in the world and from the people that are oppressing us, the government. But in reality, Jesus was coming to pay for their sins and Mm -hmm. to liberate them from the power of sin. And the people were frustrated. And eventually, the people that were shouting Hosanna were the same ones who were shouting crucify him um, just a couple days later. And Harry was talking about how we can't project a type on God. We can't decide who God is going to be based on our circumstances. Mm. In this situation with Lexi, if we look at this situation, like I thought on Monday, how can God be good? He can't be good if you look at this situation and see a girl who loves her family being taken from them. But that's not how we're called to view God. We're called to view him through who he is and mm-hmm. who he he's never changing. And he was good in the Old Testament and he's good in the New Testament and he's good today. And all throughout the Psalms, it says that our God is good and he is mm-hmm. just and righteous and he loves justice doesn't always look the way we want it to Mm -hmm. but we can't choose for god to be someone that he's not someone that we want him to be but harry touched on that in this segment from his message and they will celebrate but they will miss the message because they miss the man and what can happen to us is we can create a king and a savior of our own defining we want a king defined and described for who we want him to be who we need him to be to be a life fixer a save my world and make it better changer 
And what I'd like to say to you today as we launch this Passion Week, Jesus doesn't change his identity, his rule, his royal kingship for anybody. He says, you receive me for who I am, not for who you want me to be. You want me to be what you want me to be, and I'm not that. You lose everything. That's this story. I know I, I'm guilty of this when, you know, when things are kind of going pretty good, I forget to praise God and mm-hmm. constantly seek him and, you know, just conversate with him because I'm like, things are going good. I don't really need you. And it's kind of bad because sometimes I'm very guilty of this. I treat him like a vending machine. Mm-hmm. I only put in when I want something in return. Mm-hmm. But when things get really hard and bad, that's when I kind of just like break and then I'm like, hey God, I need your help. We should be wanting mm-hmm. to conversate with him and seek help from him every day, whether good or bad mm-hmm. and praising him all the time. Like what um, Psalm 34 says. I mean, I wish I had my, t- my notes with me, but when going back to Paul Washer's Beatitudes thing, having those characteristics every single day of our lives, mm-hmm. And it's just hard because we're at a Christian school where it's very easy to take things for granted. Mm -hmm. And this whole Lexi thing really opened my eyes. Because in those moments of trial, we're not going to be able to cling to the Lord if we don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to be able to rely on him and call out to him and trust in him if we don't already have his faithfulness before our eyes. And if we Mm -hmm. already don't know who he is because then we're going to get lost and we're going to forget who he is. But that's why having the the diligence to pray and to ask God even on the good days to help us to see who he is and to read his word to understand him not mm-hmm. to see how we can benefit and um to look at his faithfulness in the past and to trust that he will continue to be that way because he's unchanging and right. um and I totally fall under the same um spiritual blindness to right. how much I need the Lord and the reason I think the reason it's hard for us to depend on the Lord to to pray to him is because it recognizes that we're dependent recognizes that we can't do it on our own and um, and I know for the pages if they didn't um, call out to the Lord every other day of their life and they wouldn't be in these moments either and mm-hmm. but the Lord grants grace and patience for those who are suffering and um, and he loves his people and um, ultimately Lexi is in God's hands and I wouldn't want her to be anywhere else so our verse of the week is from Paul Washer's message, Matthew 5, and we read that earlier in the episode. But just take a moment to reread over and over again and just ponder on those those verses. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We love you guys and we really appreciate all the, um, the kind of praise and support that you guys give us. And it makes us happy that you guys listen. It really does. <laughs> and tell all your friends to listen, especially to this episode. Yeah. This episode because this is a good one. We have the make sure to share this because we have that interview with the mayor that people I haven't seen it anywhere else in the news. So if you want to know the mayor's statement, share that with those around you so we can be aware of what's going on. If you want to help and support and learn more about hashtag bring Lexi home, you can visit LexiPetition.org and check out their Facebook page, Save Our Lexi. We want to thank our guest speaker for coming on and conversing with us and Harry Walls and Paul Washer for their messages to the student body and for all of you for listening and um, for everyone who is helping support Lexi, be her voice 
speak out, um, but be an example. Amen. I'm Deanie Hutchinson. And I'm Carrie Ann Fraser. And, and we, we approve, approve this message. message.